Looking for a sports podcast that covers sports weekly as well as gets you set up for the day? Check out Weekly in Sports with me, Scott McGregor. We give some shout-outs of the week to podcasts like this one and those who do them discuss the Blue Jays, Bill, Raptors, and more. To learn more, check out the Sports for Beginners Facebook page. Search Sports for Beginners. I wonder if I could make it. It's almost getting to 8 o'clock p.m. And I am still a few more steps away from home to get to my computer to listen to CNT Radio's Cosmopolitan Culture Club. The best of the best music from around the world. Can't wait! I think I made it! CNT Radio, making your day brighter, one song at a time. Welcome to Broadcast Map. This is the show. I cover the world of broadcasting, sports media, and from time to time, my favorite sports teams. Here is your host, Ali Musa. for Broadcast Map with your host, Ali Musa. Good morning. Welcome to Broadcast Map. This is the Thursday show on Thursday, September 28th, 2023. Wow, we're already at the end of September. I am Ali Musa. Joining me today is former broadcaster Kim Tulloch. And you might remember Kim from some uh, various different um, outlets at, uh, you know, um, some popular places include Light 92, which was then Jewel 92 at the time, and we'll get into that as well. Kim, I'd really like to take this opportunity to thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you so much, Ali. It's a pleasure to to jump on here and have a, a great conversation today. Yeah, you know, it's funny because you and I have we have connected in the past. We have heard each other's okay. voices, but we've never shared the mic before. <laughs> this is very true. Um, I love it. You know, it's it's great to to collaborate with different people in uh, different avenues of of media and broadcasting. It's always a lot of fun to do that. Yeah, no. So let, let's start there. Before tell us, uh, can you tell us about growing up and your upbringing and how everything got started uh-huh. for you? Okay, so uh, I grew up in uh, Hamilton, Ontario, born, raised, and kind of never left. Uh, to be honest. And uh, I, I guess I, I can say that I, I got my start in a, a very musical and um, artsy family. Um, my dad used to have a, a music studio in Hamilton, as well as a music school, which uh, transferred into a, a home studio when I was growing up. 
So uh, music and entertainment always surrounded my space. And it was a great creative outlet, uh, outlet for me uh, growing up to really uh, develop those creative skills. And my grandfather was also in radio as well. So those kind of things inspired me to um, pursue that as a, as a career. Um, I think I kind of knew I wanted to do radio when I was even like nine or 10 years old. I used to host a little radio show in, in our music, uh, music studio, which was essentially half of a garage that was soundproofed and pianos, organs, guitars, mics, keyboards, you name it. We had it all in that little room. So I used to produce my own little make-believe radio show. Um, and I did it every day growing up for, I think, three years straight. Never missed a day. It was, it was my thing. I had to do it every morning. Um, so obviously at that point, once I, once I you know, got old enough to make, make my decision of where I wanted to go to school and, and what I wanted to do, I, I decided to go to, to school for radio broadcasting. And kind of my, my career went from there, so to speak. No, yeah, no, that's interesting. So that that radio bug kind of stood with you then, um, in 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 some regards. Because so then now going back to that, you're nine and you were about nine or ten in the music studio at your home music studio. So like, did you like kind of pretend to maybe do like song intros and outros, like like here's Billy Joel or something? <laughs> I definitely did. I I um. <laughs> I used to watch Oprah when I was a kid. I, I was kind of a, I was an interesting child. I like to watch um, Oprah Winfrey on TV. I loved watching the Marilyn Dennis uh, City Line. I liked, um, oh, uh, what's his name? He used to he used to do a, a show every night at 10 p.m. Larry King, Larry King Live. I loved watching that show. Uh, growing up and and watching him interview people and and those kind of people just were were always very much somebody that I wanted to emulate and and get to know different people and have the opportunity to ask those kind of questions so um, I was a bit of a broadcast uh, nerd growing up you could say <laughs> so you also really were fond of the talk radio side and the talk tv I guess side of it too that yeah, I loved interviews. You know what? I, I was always um, very much interested in news. And I used to watch um, investigative documentaries like uh, W5 on CBC and and all those really great, uh, really great shows that were, you know, kind of a mix of television and interviewing skills. Um, so so that was that was really something I always was very interested and fond of. of following growing up so if you were say a talk show host right now or in this very moment here in this very second you know we take a look at what's going on in the we take a look at some things going on in the news like some some you know things like the online news act and stuff like that mm -hmm. what would be one of your stories that you would go okay this is a story that I would really want to, you know, talk to somebody about, and these are the questions that I would ask. What would be that story? Oh, that's that's a really good one. Um, so much going on right now in the world. Like um, one thing that I I think hits home for a lot of people, and that would be the cost of of living and groceries and. Um, you know, mortgages and just the stories of the everyday people um, that are are kind of in a position where they're forced to go outside the box to try and make things work. Because I think when when you are faced with um, adversity or, or difficulties like we're seeing right now for a lot of Canadian families, especially, um, you start to see a... Um, a creativity come out in, in society. People get very creative in, in maybe, you know, deciding, hey, I'm going to start a side business or I'm going to uh, pursue a different avenue of, of making things work, like, you know, starting to grow gardens in their backyard so they can offset the cost of expensive uh, produce and, and keep their family eating well. Like there's so, so many different um, ways that this 
in some ways, in a good way, can force um, ingenuity and and creativity to kind of make things work. So I think interviewing people or talking to people about about how how they're they're managing that is is very interesting. Yeah, I think so too. Right? I I mean it it certainly because so because what what happens often is that the the, sometimes the conversation, like the, the the pieces that somebody may want to hear, and and I and I and I get the whole side of you know when you're in the legacy media side of things that there are certain things you have to be aware of and certain things you you know can and cannot ask and that sort of thing and given all the but there are often things that there are often things that are that are not often asked or not often heard so it sounds like you would be in that position of you would want to ask and feature something or a story as a talk show host that would not ordinarily be asked yeah i think that there's always a, a golden nugget that that you can learn from people and um, the stories you hear from from all different types of people, you know, the the construction worker to the the mom who's working, you know, three jobs to keep keep things going. It, it's really interesting to hear different perspectives. And I, I think it makes you become a, a wiser person to kind of understand different um, different sides of the coin, so to speak. Absolutely. That that's the um the whole thing. So now let's kind of get into the um the um the broadcasting side. So where did you end so where did the career start? You've been around the Hamilton area and yep. Hamilton Bradford, et cetera. Where did all this mm-hmm. start for? Did it start right at, at what was then known as K Light or yeah, it did actually. I came um I came fresh out of college. Uh, mind you, it was in 2008 right when we had a recession. <laughs> so, I graduated at what what would be considered a, a pretty difficult time for people trying to land a job. Um but I did start in promotions for 1029 uh K-Light FM, uh, a station I'd listened to you know, I used to listen to to Sunny and Hayes in the morning on the way into school with my dad, and I'm talking grade school. So, like, I was. Are they still I there? I don't think so. They are actually Sunny and Hayes are are still doing the morning show. So, it's um, it's funny because my career started at that station, and then I spent another you know ten years or so. Um, you know, going and, and taking those career steps at various stations in St. Catharines, uh, Hamilton, uh, in Brantford. And then funny enough, um, kind of full circle, the very last radio station that I worked for was again K-Light FM at the time. Um, and I came back 10 years later to join them again on air Um as a as a weekend um, and evening swing host, so uh, it it was funny. It started there, and it kind of uh, I guess my last official on air uh, job was was with K Light again. Yeah. Now here's another interesting sort of thing um, that um, so you did end up you did end up in in Brantford, which uh, with with Evanov. Um, mm-hmm at uh, what is now known as Light 92. I guess not too, too much has changed about them. But what was the main... Now, now how did that come about? And what did you notice was the difference between, say, working there with Evanov versus uh, what was then K-Light, which is... Which is probably a bigger station well it's owned by a conglomerate let's let's kind of yeah so yeah so to kind of answer your question because i i think you're kind of um you know trying to consider for our audience here like what would be the difference working for a uh um 
a major player like the Bell, the Rogers, the Chorus yes. versus more of a, a privately owned company. Yeah. Um, so I have worked for, for Bell Media. At the time when I first started, K-Light was owned by Astral Media. And then it kind of switched over um, a couple couple years after that. Um, also worked for Durham Radio. Um, they are a, a family-run company out of Hamilton that that now has KX ninety four seven. They have ninety two nine the Grand. They also uh, opened a new station recently called the Lake, and they serve us like the Grimsby area. Um, so yeah, I've, I've worked for for different. Um, different types of companies and and the biggest thing I noticed with the the smaller or not necessarily smaller because they're across Canada too but the smaller run companies that aren't on the stock market let's say they're they're the privately owned companies versus the the public Um, there is a, a different vibe for sure I do find that um, they do keep their people employed much longer um, when you are working for a privately run company, um, it, it's more of a a family group, so to speak. Like you, you do get to meet the owners. You do get to to kind of intermingle with upper management. Um, so it's a little more accessible, I think, that way. As a company, you feel more exposed to everybody on the team versus a bigger company like Bell Media um, or a Chorus or a Rogers, where it's it's so expansive that you know you really don't get that that personal connection with somebody who is making necessarily those those bigger decisions uh, for the station. So it's definitely a, a very different vibe depending on which station you're working for. Right, and and well, and I think that's an interesting point because like it's it's an interesting sort of you know, way to look at it because of say, I mean, of course, Evanov, of course, uh, they've made some cutbacks too recently. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely been some, some of my former colleagues that I worked with. um, Some of them have retired, um, but other, other changes like, um, you know, the AM station uh, that was, that was running in the same building there for, I think it was like, 99 years or 100 years yeah yeah it was one of the longest running radio stations in canada and um you know it was sad to see it close but we're starting to see that happen with a lot of am stations i mean tsn in hamilton 1150 um uh you know that um that saw the end of its tenure a, a couple years ago um I believe it it kind of switched over, but it was you know operating in the building. But now now I think it's just the uh, the FM station that's going, and and they sold those those stations off to again privately owned. Um, so you are starting to see a big change with the AM dial, and that's where a lot of your news and talk radio happened. Yeah, I, I know yeah. Kent Chambers is not with Evanov anymore. I believe Kent um, is retiring or just retired. Oh, I see. Yeah, because I saw that because I know he uh, uh, I know he um, um, I because I mean, I did see the announce his announcement that he left. Yeah, I I have to actually uh, talk to Kent uh, because he was he was uh, alluding that he might start his own podcast, but um, I have to talk to him and, and kind of. Oh, we're trying to get him here. He's a, he's a sports guy yeah. too. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get him on here too. Yeah, for sure. Honestly, he he was a really fantastic person to work with. I did get the opportunity to co-host with him a few times um, when uh, when Ed McMahon was away on holidays. Kent would come in as well as Dave Creelman. Dave Creelman still works for the the Ivanov station too. Yeah, he's and, still there. I think he's yeah he's still doing middays yeah. at uh, at light. Yeah. 92 and um i think he's doing also an uh, an automated shift for light 885 tube yeah yeah and it's it's great to to see you know the people that you worked with doing doing well and and enjoying their time and you know it's always great to work with those those guys at um at Ivanov uh, ed kent um 
Dave and and the whole gang there. You know something? I'll be. You know what? Here, um, you know, you know whose voice I feel is really missed now at um, at at that radio station. Um. Um, you know, I, I, um, you know, your days, you know, I, I miss those too, but, um, mm-hmm. but another voice that is missed and I will, we will, we will, we, 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 you know, we, we will talk, um, uh, is Suzanne Joyce. Yes, Suzanne. She's a great, great personality for sure. I don't even know. I don't think. I don't know. I don't even uh, know if um, it's been a while since we've heard anything from her. I don't know if she's. I don't think she's in media anymore. I don't think she's in broadcasting anymore. I don't know for a fact. Yeah, I'm. I'm not too sure myself. I know. Um, I I did get to to meet Suzanne a few times. Funny enough, when I started working for ninety two one, the reason why I I started working there was because I I went to cover a maternity leave of hers. And that's, that's, right, um, yeah. that's how I started there. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we kind of got to, to speak a little bit before she left and then a, a little bit, um, you know, afterwards when she came back. Um, but uh, I honestly, I haven't, I, haven't, uh, I haven't talked to her in quite some time, so I'm not sure what she's up to now. Yeah, no, it'd be interesting. Um, that that'd be interesting too. See, because you know, and that's the thing too, right? That sometimes, see, uh-huh. you you know, you want to um, uh, you know, find out about what a person is, you know, or you want to, you know, you know. Sometimes that's the thing. You listen to them, and then you think, well, you know, maybe it'd be good to get an avenue, you know, to uh, maybe talk to them someday in a long form, you know, that sort of the thing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Now, would you would you say, um, Ali, yourself, like in terms of radio, do you, do you enjoy more of the the uh, talk radio, um, or do you do you like more of the music, or, or a little bit of both? For me, I've always been a fan of a little bit of both. When I used to listen to more radio than I do today, mm-hmm. um, I've always been a fan of both. Um, and I, I think partly I feel, and the reason for that is like, I felt it was because a lot of times I wouldn't necessarily listen for the music. Although there are songs I like, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't necessarily listen to, for the music. I would, I would listen for, say, for example, Dave Krillman. Mm-hmm. The right? personalities on the show. Yes. Yeah. But the problem or not the problem, but the thing that I've, but the thing with music radio is that you don't really get too, too much of that personality because they have their assigned slots. Yes, that is so true. I mean, when you'd be on air, like outside of a morning show where you do get a little bit more flexibility to, to talk longer, um, you really only have about 30 to 40 seconds for a longer break to talk about what you want to talk about. And then you've got to cover things like, you know, where the, where the community cruiser is going to be um, going and, and, you know, covering like teases for your contests or other, other station events that are, are coming up. So um, the flexibility, uh, I think a lot of people when that don't know radio think that, we on air have a lot more control over the music, over all of those things. When in reality, we're we're given kind of a roadmap of here's where you have space to talk, and then use those seconds to really connect with your audience. It 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 doesn't seem like much time thirty seconds, but that's a long time to talk for for radio when you are putting together a break. So it, it's interesting people's perception of, of what you do. Um, you see on online the internet memes where this is what people think I do and this is what I actually do and this is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it can be a very, very different um, expectation from people. Yeah, and, and I think too where they've got their, but see, now what, now like see, 
the thing that I, the challenge now also is is AI taking over the on-air talent. Oh yes, absolutely. I was just looking at this this morning too. I think it was somewhere in the uh, in the Philippines or, or somewhere overseas, and their their main sports network they now have two ai hosts uh, a man and a woman um who are hosting a sports segment it's frightening <laughs> it really is oh man that that that's scary <laughs> oh no <laughs> like you just and and it was funny too i i saw a video online recently where someone was interviewing ai for the first time and they were asking them questions like, are you going to replace humans? Do you think this is going to be um, something you'll be able to do? And, and how will that impact the future? And just some of these um, these robotics are so realistic now, but then you can see there's an element like this. This is not this. This this is crazy now because now this, this is too good. Right. And then it, it you can tell they're not quite human. But there's getting so close with um, the modeling for the the robots and the facial features, and then you know the voicing and everything that's coming out now um, of these AI hosts. It, it's it really is creepy. I think it is. It really, really, it, it honestly really is because I think like here's one like I mean. I think if you're a fan of conversation and there is that sort of thing that people say, oh, you know, well, it, it will get good enough and do that sort of thing. And you won't even know. But I still think there's a way that you will know that it's yeah. not an actual human. Yeah. Do, do you think um, do you think this is going to catch on? Like, in your opinion, do you think it's going to um start to replace on-air hosts maybe in in some of the networks that are a little bit more focused on the profits and not so much paying the talent because you got to think to yourself it's going to be a lot cheaper to hire ai than actual humans right now if we look at um if we look at um some like like a sportsnet or a tsn and a tsn that sort of thing the I feel yes, because look at how much, if you look at it, the fan continues to keep shuffling their lineup, all because they're of, first of all, like trying to improve it, but the listenership is going down. So it's like, okay, well, you know, well, you know, well, here's an area we can cut. And okay, well, now it's like, well, you know, well, we'll just get the AI to do this stuff. You know, now we don't have to, we don't have to pay people anymore about the, so, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll just um, put our profits into uh, artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. I kind of wonder to myself too, if what you would consider mainstream media outlets per se, if they end up going that route, Will then the niche market of the podcasters grow because they'll lose some of the listeners that are listening for the personalities and those people will end up pursuing other avenues like the podcasts as uh, kind of their supplement to 100% yes going away. Yeah, like I'm, I'm noticing a lot of people now, they love choice. We are able to stream things like Spotify. We can listen to the podcast topics of our choice, the music genres of our choice. Um, a lot of people now want choice, whereas I think for a long time, the broadcast industry was going more towards like a all-encompassing, let's cast the net wide and and kind of appeal to... Uh, a wider audience demographic, whereas I think um, now the 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 trend is to go a little more niche. But see, here's the, but the other side of it too is that, in all honesty, the broadcasting industry has, first of all, been very first of all. 
they have not adapted to the changing times. They had their chances to they had their chance to be ahead uh, of the of the curb a little bit. They had their chance to be where to innovate, but they didn't take they 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 they're in this position because they did it. They put themselves in the position, and now it's like, well, nobody's listening. You know, it's like, well, they replaced the talent with, you know, with something that isn't relevant to them. You're gonna go. They're gonna go. Some listeners are gonna go somewhere else to find it, and there. And what happens there? Then their revenue again continues to go down. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I agree. It, it's definitely, it's going to appeal to people that really don't care about the personalities and they're just, you know, listening for the sake of listening or having something on in the background. But the active involvement of listening, the, the I guess they can say the hot media where, where you have to be actively involved in the story, like what what is talked about, you then take to your colleagues in the office and you start having what we used to call the water cooler conversation um but even so like you think of what has happened since the pandemic and how people are working people are working from home a lot more now or they're working hybrid so a lot of the the offices per se that maybe used to to play these radio stations you know in the backdrop of the office setting it's changed. Our, our connection has changed in how we communicate with each other for work or personally. And you start to see even like radio always was king in the car. People would listen to the morning shows when they were driving into work. But after the pandemic happened, people weren't driving into work anymore. So the broadcasting industry saw a huge drop in terms of of listeners during the traditionally busy hours where people would tune in at like, you know, 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. when people would be commuting or during the afternoon between 3 and, and 7 p.m. So that whole dynamic of, of what was kind of prime time, I mean, it changed a lot. And now it's, it's you know, things are normalizing. People are, are now commuting again. A lot of offices are bringing people back into the office, at least hybrid-wise anyway. But you can see how that would also play into just kind of shaking up the whole way the, the radio industry looks at, you know, how people listen, where they're listening, how long they're listening. That all changed. Well, it did, right? And I, and I agree with you on that one, right? I, I, I agree that it changed. But there has to be, but, but there has to be like a path forward. Like they have to look at now, okay, this is the reality that, we have to, they have to, the other thing that's important here for them, or the other thing they should be looking at now is they have to change the way they do advertising. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, people don't want to sit through ads, to be honest. Like even when you, let's say, um, stream on Spotify and you get that one or two ads that, that breaks up your music, if you don't have a premium subscription, of course, you know, people get annoyed with that. Like I get annoyed with it if I'm I'm listening. So think of a, a radio station putting, you know, three or four minutes of uh, commercial break in between songs. People don't have that attention span anymore. Well, there you go. See, like, but like it's an avenue where, see, they, but I, I think though, like there has to be some kind of a, a path for forward like, but they're with the way it's going. I, I, I don't feel that it can change. Like, I, I don't feel because they've because they've they've done they've done it to them. They've done what they've done to themselves, mm-hmm. right? I don't think it can change. So, if you if you were going to to say you know suggest if you were going to sh- suggest to a, a a big media company how to how to advertise to an audience? What what, I guess genre of advertisement would you think would be 
effective now for for garnering the the revenue needed to keep keep a, a listener engaged and yet still getting that that dollar into the show value well i think they have to look at i would say the way that it has that i would look at it is that they have to do some kind of marketing like um like say facebook and linkedin do and they do a tremendous job of mm-hmm. of marketing of ad of um advertising and things like that so i feel that's where i would suggest to them okay you know what you have to develop that online model and maybe just do like some podcasts do of like you know just maybe Sometimes you'll hear a podcaster kind of put like a 30 second, um, you know, mm-hmm. add in there for a podcast like the locked on podcast. Do it um, um, like they'll put like a, a 30 second sort of add in for um, like something like fan duel or something. And that's just it. I think that that is a way that, you know, for them, I I I, I would say that's the way. They have to look at something like that. Yeah, very true. Because, I mean, if you are going to go audio, per se, something where it is strictly audio, it kind of has to be incorporated into that. Whereas if you're doing something like a Facebook or LinkedIn, that's a visual component. So people are are on a page and then they, they see that advertisement. So... Yeah, I guess it really depends on on what avenue they're they're broadcasting on, and then and what their audience demographic where they're going to see that ad the most. And that's it. Well, where in in a lot of cases, and even like you know, just putting the audio sort of thing in there, just putting in a thirty second, um, and maybe just even have the you know the host maybe read like. I don't know if limiting the number of commercials in an hour is the way to do it. I, I, um, but certainly I think that it's about doing it in a way that they have to come up with the way of being, of making it sustainable. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. It's going to be interesting to see where things go over time as as things change even more. I mean, I think we're right in the midst of almost like a, a revolution of the of the media industry right now and, and what it's going to look like in the next, you know, two to five years. I think it's going to be a pretty drastic change in, in many ways. It is, right? I mean, it, it certainly is. I mean, I, I will say that I do feel that there will be more cuts. More cuts are coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think cuts are going to be part of it. But I think for those that are in the industry, it's going to be going to be interesting because I, I feel like when you are, like I said earlier about, you know, the the state of of how the economy is with you know groceries going up and people finding different ways to reinvent themselves i think the the same thing could be said for the broadcast industry those who have been on traditional media broadcasting maybe they lose their job maybe their job uh, changes different responsibilities things like that and it almost encourages a, a personal growth to decide, okay, how am I going to take this and go forward? How am I going to still reach an audience, do the thing I love, but but in what vehicle am I going to do that? So in some ways it, it can actually, I think a lot of creativity can come from difficult situations like this in the industry. Yeah. And I, and, and also too, Right. When we look at um, like when we look at um, the easy, we look at the simplicity. See, I I think, too, as well, that when you're doing a um, like even when it comes to to podcasting, it's like, see, um, in the sense that 
I mean, if we just even look at the way that the way that I sort of go about doing and how I let people know what's like where, even though the schedule's there, but a little reminder of who's coming up, right? Is that not Absolutely. an important fact of it? The way that I, <laughs> you see, the email just went out. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I did see you post that email. And, and I think that's great because you know what, honestly, your, your brain sometimes ends up a big blur, like day to day, if you know, when you're very, very busy, and you're, you're kind of running from here and there and everywhere, people need those reminders, so that they, they are consciously making that decision and reminded to, to make a decision, hey, I'm going to listen to that, that podcast, or, you know, that was something I was looking forward to listen to. And unless you're a really organized person where you're legitimately like <laughs> writing everything down, um, on an agenda, people need that to, to, to remember to, to do things. I know I do. Sometimes I forget where I'm supposed to be because, <laughs> you know, you get, you get so preoccupied by, by everything around you or, or your responsibilities that you're involved with. Um, it, it's great to have those reminders to, to, again, promote, you know, what's coming forward and, and doing that. So very important part about, you know, keeping a, a broadcast going is uh, to remind listeners to, hey, this is what's coming up. You know, come on and tune in. Join me for for this show. And, and that's and that's another thing too, right? Where you know, and and see like the the whole easy because see, um, see people's Facebook feed feeds and Twitter feeds and wherever people are you know are going, or, or their LinkedIn feeds, it's easy to miss it there. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're so super saturated by, you know, message pings and, you know, different um, news feeds or, or Twitter feeds and Facebook and Instagram feeds and LinkedIn feeds. It, it disappears very quickly. You have to keep pushing it up to the top of the list so that people have that, again, in front of their face. Um, it's a, a very overstimulating world out there. Let's put it that way. Um, so, so you really do have to do that to, to, to keep yourself in the forefront. Yeah, I know. And, and, you know, and everyone kind of, you know, and everybody who, you know, er, you know, everybody's kind of, you know, and everyone who, you know, who, um, is a listener and comes on the show and everybody's part of the raw, everybody's part of the roster now. Mm-hmm. Yes, I like that team roster. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The team roster. Everybody's part of the team, and everybody gets to you know, and everybody who's been gets to come back, as you've seen too. Yeah, it, it's great to have that because um, you know, having a platform like you do, Ali, it's really important to to tell those stories of different people in industry and kind of where they're going, what they're thinking. Um, it's great to hear so many different perspectives. And I think that that, um, it, it lights the fire of creativity for people. Like when I knew that I was gonna be coming on the podcast show today, I was really excited to to, to be um, sharing the mic with you today, so to speak, the mic on my phone anyway. Um, oh yeah. But it, <laughs> our microphones look a lot different now than, than you know, the nice Rhodes mic you get in the studios. But um, it, it's always great to, to have a conversation too with another fellow broadcaster and, and bounce ideas uh, off of each other, um, which can spark a lot of interesting conversation. Um, when you see some of the feeds that, that we follow as broadcasters, like Broadcast Dialogue, Milkman Unlimited, things like that, you um, you start to see a lot of conversations start and and different people from the industry and different aspects of the industry sharing their their thoughts or experiences. It really um, keeps you connected with what I think is it's almost like DNA that never leaves you once you've you've done the broadcasting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know. And do you want to talk about um, your um, what your current um, your current roles are now? Sure thing. So my career, like I said, there's been a lot of different positions I've had over the years, even when I was working in radio broadcasting. I was also working a lot of jobs on the side, personal trainer, I was doing uh, Google marketing for a little while, too. Um, as well as, you know, kind of searching for, okay, what am I going to do next? So one thing I never thought I would ever do in a million bajillion years was work in a sales position. 
Um, so about five years ago, I was I was kind of looking for a, a more stable place to land in terms of uh, my needs in a job because I was used to working three, four jobs at a time. It was getting pretty hectic. Um, I wanted to settle into something a little more um, predictable, so to speak. So I started working for a company called Sleep Country Canada. You probably know the jingle. <laughs> um, and I, I got to learn a lot about, um, you know, the sleep and how important it is for, for people to function. And believe me, working a morning show, you start to realize just how much the lack of sleep can begin to, you know, affect you in different ways. So I was able to bring kind of that experience of, yeah, I was that person that was working, you know, early shifts and had, you know, four or five hours of sleep trying to, you know, crack the mic in the morning and sound all awake <laughs> when you're when you're trying to go on so little sleep. Um, so I, I've been working for Sleep Country Canada now for about five years. Um, I just recently this summer uh, started a new role in the company uh, working on their online sales team. Uh, so it's been a very different experience. Um, but even through the interviewing process, it was kind of interesting because they were looking for people that had communication skills that they could, you know, describe products, describe the feel of things that you couldn't physically show the customer right then and there because they're on chat or on the phone with you. So it, it was interesting because a lot of that broadcasting background of being able to communicate and, and do theater of the mind, so to speak, in terms of explaining things, how things feel, um, you know, what, what, types of processes to look for when you're trying something. Um, all of that really connected me with my broadcasting background. Um, so albeit it's it's very different than going on a mic and doing a show, there are definitely a lot of communication aspects that, that come into play when you are doing a role like that, talking to people, asking people questions. Um, essentially, you're interviewing people to, to figure out what, what the best solution is for them. So it, it definitely crossed over a lot of those skills for me. Um, now, I get my, my media fix because, like I said, it never leaves you. Um, oh, on no. The side nope. <laughs> on the side part-time, I also teach at Mohawk College in the radio and creative content department, as well as the journalism uh, side of things as well. And, you know, every week there, I'm able to go on air with students, I'm able to to help them, you know, develop their their on air and communication skills. And when I present things to the students, because, you know, obviously, everybody knows the industry is changing crazy, crazy, crazy changes. And, you know, why go into radio? Why go into broadcasting? Why go into the media right now? And I always say, any company out there, no matter which company it is, they want great communicators, both verbal, written, interpersonal, um, for so many different roles, whether it's their communications department, advertising department, sales department. If you can become a great communicator, you can do whatever you want. You can get into any industry you want to get into. So I find more so now it, it's more of a, a platform of, of really honing in on those skills um, that will make you a, a, an even more superior communicator that's going to set you apart when you are going out there into whatever field that you're trying to, to pursue. And if it's broadcasting or if it's um, online influencer, you know, there's there's so many great great um communicators that are are finding their niche in something um in a specialty and then taking those communication skills and, and bringing their career to the next level so that's what i always tell my students um, look at the big picture look at all the possibilities don't narrow yourself into one thing only try a lot of things and see where it's going to take you um okay so what would be then an example say as a coach, um, teaching the um, broadcasting uh, broadcast uh, broadcasting program, what what mm -hmm. would do you 
um, what is, in addition to what you just mentioned there, say they wanted to, say they said, okay, I want to go into broadcasting or podcasting, but if I do go into, I want to go into, I want to go into the, I want to go into news. I want to be, um, a, uh, you know, a journalist. Let's say they knew that. What would you specific, what would your specific advice be to a student complimenting um, on top of what we just mentioned there? Um, what would be your advice to them? I would say um, make sure you're a great writer. Make sure you can do two different things. You can either expand information or condense it very quickly. Um, news can come in so many different forms. So now with, with the internet, everyone can become a, a journalist, so to speak, because you can take your phone, you can take a, a you know, a microphone on your smart device and you can go out there and you can start um, you can start your own news show for that matter but I think what's important is um, in news media you want to make sure that you are are holding integrity making sure that that you understand that process of of putting out information that's accurate that's um that's vetted in some ways. Make sure you're 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 researching what you're putting out there because, you know, with today it, there there's so much out there. It's very super saturated, and as we saw during the pandemic years, um, a lot of information that was going out there uh, was a bit unvetted, and there was a lot of undertones with a lot of posts that perhaps were you know um, very biased one way or the other. And there, there was a lot of mistrust um, in the media because I feel that there was a lot of a lot of information put out there that perhaps was generated um, by sources that had a certain agenda in mind. Um, so I think it's very important to maintain that integrity when you are putting information out there. Um, making sure students know that you you got to be accurate. You got to check your sources. Um, do your research and look at different perspectives. Look at different um, what different people are saying about the same issue. Um, you know whether that be the person working in that industry versus the person who's perceiving it from the outside in. It's always important to see all different perspectives to to really um, sharpen your own perspective and what you're going to produce out there in terms of content. So in the online world now, now it's easier to get every, it's easier just to go online now and take a look rather than trying to, um, how to do um, for students, um, effective, mm-hmm. impactful research. How, mm-hmm. do, how do you do it? And what do you, what, what do you use? And, and how do you go about it? Yeah, so I mean, in terms of research, um, it depends what you're covering, of course, but I would definitely look at um, a variety of different sources. So looking at some of your your major news groups and also understanding politically where certain media outlets stand so that you know this this is more of a, a right-wing response, this is more of a left-wing, this is more center, and kind of figuring out you know, what that agenda is or what that um, opinion is on each side. Uh, of course, if you are, are going right to the source itself and you're interviewing, you know, someone who's experienced it or, or you're interviewing a, an athlete or a, a person for a news story, I mean, that's the, the best source of all because they're the person that has right there experienced it or is experiencing that situation so you know interviewing the source if you can um but if you're you know kind of looking at a broader topic you want to make sure that you're you're seeing a few different perspectives um and and looking at the legitimacy of those um outlets that you're using as well like See, don't just use the headline yeah <laughs> exactly headline. yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Read the article, right? Yeah. Um, now, I think I think social media was um, at one, like Facebook, Meta, um, 
was basically saying before you share this, you know, it, it would tell you if, you know, to open the link if you hadn't. But now we're seeing because all that news media sharing and stuff has pretty much gone blank for Canadians. Um, Which again I, I is not right. You, yeah, I, I don't, um, I don't agree with that at all. Like, I think it's, it's definitely in, in many ways caused a, a censorship of sorts for um, people who want to share news, read news. Um one thing I have noticed, though, if you're on your social media sites, it's definitely become a lot less charged politically. <laughs> like you don't see those online arguments anymore. Um, like you would have when people could share news stories. Um, not as many opinions are being uh, expressed online, which I've noticed is a big change since seeing all of the the news sharing disappear, essentially. So do you think is Twitter or X as it's being called now, is it still given its state? Is it still worth it? Do you think, do you feel to get the word out there about say what we're doing here right now? I think it is important to still use these outlets as a platform to, you know, promote what you're doing to whatever length it will allow you to do that. Um, I, I I do think um, for me the main the main reason why I used to to use Twitter more heavily was to to get kind of a, a bite sized overview. Like I followed all of the news networks. Um, I would scan all of the Twitter feeds because you could you could kind of almost get like a little like alarm to tell you, hey, this is a breaking story, more news to come, and you could get it in little bite sized amounts. That you could follow and 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 follow up on to, to see okay what's what's happening now what's developing now um it, it was news in real time it was quick but i think we've lost we've lost a lot of that with the inability to share um you know promotion is still important on those those sites i i think wherever we can we need to um try and utilize that because that is where people are um, in, in many cases, they are on their so social networks. Um, but where where is that? Where is media going to go from here if if that never changes? If it's permanently, you know, gone off of these social sites, where where are people going to turn for for news? I would like to I would like to know where where a lot of people are are choosing to go now, or are people simply choosing not to to really pay attention? like they were before. I kind of feel that could be it too. That's really it too. Yeah. That people just aren't paying attention anymore. That people just are not yeah. paying attention anymore to what's actually happening. And, uh, and um, what's um, what exactly is, um, is uh, happening. And uh, mm -hmm. you, know, we, you and I need to do it. You and I need to do a part two. in the future. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. We had a good conversation. We did. Kind of, kind of hit all the all the different topics <laughs> and there's still more to talk about down the road too for sure for so sure where, yeah so where can people find you online if they want to get in touch yeah well um i would say that uh if people want to follow my my uh gardening and various food um prepping <laughs> you can follow me on my instagram at uh, kpolix60, um, but I I do actually use uh, use Facebook a lot for um, for sharing you know more of the day to day or even on LinkedIn you know that's another great network I like to connect with people um, in the industry professionally or um, you know communications people that that want to collaborate or reach out always uh, always interested in kind of seeing who I can meet and and who I can work with. Uh, in one way or another. Absolutely, yes. Now that that's awesome, and you can find me on all of those places. You can follow the broadcast map uh, Facebook page by searching broadcast map, like the page. You can also visit http colon slash slash alleytechgroup.wordpress.com slash broadcast map, as well as on. X at ATOM Podcast 819, Instagram, ATOM Podcast, 
919 and if i know you personally you can feel free to connect with me on my personal with uh using my personal facebook profile you can friend me there and broadcast map will return on monday which will be october the 2nd where the pittsburgh penguins have made some changes to their broadcast booth and hunter hodies from the locked on penguins podcast will drop by as well as we will also be joined by Michael Hainsworth on Monday as well to talk a little bit about his experiences and technology and so much more. And uh, Kim, I'd really like to take this opportunity to thank you so much for joining me today on the Thursday show. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Ali. Great to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. And we will be doing a part two as well. So. <laughs> perfect we'll have to plan it out we will we'll do that uh, we'll plan it out off here and um we always remind you and we will i will remind you that stay tuned to broadcast map as there is always excellent conversation taking place thank you so much for listening to broadcast map to learn more about the show please visit http colon slash slash alitechgroup.wordpress.com slash broadcast map slash like the broadcast map facebook page by searching broadcast map stay tuned there is always excellent conversation on the way